Hey friend, we just wanted to pop over and remind you of all of the freebies that we have on our website at hustlehumblypodcast.com slash resources. There are quite a few on there. They work for buyers and sellers, for your business, all different things you might need and all for free. Mm -hmm. Alyssa, which one is your favorite? My favorite freebie is the due diligence checklist. Oh, that's a good one and Mm -hmm. so impactful for your buyers. Mm -hmm. It's a great email template. It's a really good one. Uh, My favorite is probably staging checklist. Mm -hmm. I want my sellers to have those houses looking good. Yes, yes. So head over and see which ones you would like to download or get them all. Enjoy. And the computer lived. The computer survived. Thank Goodbye, you YouTube friends. I hope we're up to 12 subscribers now. And if y'all didn't tell a friend, then you're personally responsible for her not having subscribers. Hey friends, welcome to Hustle Humbly. It's Alyssa and Katie, and we are two top producing realtors in the Baton Rouge market, working for two different companies where we should be competitors, but we have chosen community over competition. The goal of our podcast is to encourage you to find your own way in business. So stop comparing yourself and start embracing your strengths. This is episode 14. <laughs> I'm officially aware of the episode and you YouTubers are going to get all sorts of interesting. Oh shit, was that loud the whole time? <laughs> oh, this is, hey, uh, hey go tell your two Brown. friends because I guess we had two subscribers. Now we're going to have four. We might have four. <laughs> okay, y'all, Lee Brown is here and she's going to tell us who she is, but I'm not lying. I'm a fangirl. I brought my own copy of the oh. book and I'm going to make you sign it. And Is I that read first that, edition? I read that when it first came out. So I actually am on the third printing now. So Shut yours is up. like going worth at least a nickel. I can right, at the <laughs> at the um, historical bookstore. <laughs> sure, real true history. It, because you came to Baton Rouge before. <laughs> I did. I was teaching CE like with four years ago. But three it was years a ago. full day class. Yeah, and I had a cold. Remember they let me take a nap under the conference room table. It was table a whole day of Debbie. and I was in that class. And that that's was a lot. When I became a fan. <laughs> okay, so Lee, tell us who you are and what you do. Okay, I'm a real. Good. of 19 years. So okay. going almost to 20 years, so I have to think of a really good client party. So if you have ideas for my oh. 20th anniversary, I'm yes. anxiously looking for ideas. Okay. And let's see, I'm a mom. I have a 13 year old and a 14 year old as of the time of this recording. So if you listen to this a month from now, I'll have a 13 year old and 15 year old. Okay. I've got a birthday but coming up here. they're close together. They are. Cause you know, you lose your nerve if you wait too long between your kids. I had to build up nerves. So mine are two years apart. Well, two years and nine months. See, and they start to argue about that time. And so you get them real close. Yeah. They don't know any different. Okay, than to, right. They're just used to Than it. to be friends. So <laughs> I have a husband too, which is kind of like my third kid. And yeah, I'm from Concord, North Carolina, which is yep. just outside of Charlotte, the home of NASCAR. So that is oh. actually where NASCAR was born. Yeah, okay. And my granddaddy was at the very first race there at Charlotte Shut Motor Speedway. Up. And when Fireball Roberts died, he was there and he knew... When Junior Johnson was running Moonshine. Oh. Because my granddaddy was a custom home builder on my daddy's side. And okay. on my mama's side, we were cotton farmers. And okay. so we knew everybody. Oh. Which is pretty good for a real estate business base. Yeah. You're not just knowing them. You're kin to all of them. Right. <laughs> I mean, selfishly, I just wanted you on the podcast. Not because I'm a fan, but because also I want to just listen to your accent all day long. It is my get out of jail free card. It, I don't know why more Southerners don't use their accents. They hide from it. I, we do. We're the last people on earth you can make fun of. Have you noticed that? Probably true. You're not, the only ones that it's politically correct to attack. It's okay. Uh-huh. Go mm. up north and people deduct 100 IQ points. And that makes me ang- angry because I'm smarter than they well, are. I just kind of like to slip under the radar, though. So you don't think I'm that smart. And then 
Zingham. I don't like to hide under the radar, you, girl. Not you. No, no we are on top you. of the radar, Uh-oh. blowing it out of the water. Okay, tell me how your real estate team is structured, because you still, although you're a speaker and an educator, you're still a realtor. I am. Okay. I actually working out a an offer right now, and I'll tell you, that's one of my pet peeves, and I'll mention it, that realtors will say, I'm bringing you a contract. You are not bringing me a contract. You are bringing me an offer. Correct. Until people have agreed, it <laughs> is just an offer, and I wish realtors would understand how important their vocabulary is. Uh, agree, because if they tell me I'm bringing you a full price offer, but they ask for $10,000 in closing that costs. it's not full price. No. Or we also want the refrigerator and the dining room right. table and the art and the patio what? furniture. That's not full price. These things have value. Everything has Go value. Go on. You're working so on an offer right now. Here, you sister. So <laughs> my team is, I am the team leader and I have, well, we're having a change actually today. My full-time admin is moving to a job that has benefits because unfortunately oh. in real estate, no. no matter how successful you are, we can't offer benefits. No. And so we're super proud and excited for her and her replacement has been trained for the last couple of weeks. So that's happening now, but I have one full-time admin, two part-time admins, and then I have one, two, three, four full-time agents, and then one brand new agent that we're currently mentoring. Okay. And he's very enthusiastic about being mentored. That's good. It's really great, but we're so not used to that oh. because so many realtors that come in expect to just be turned loose with but buyers leads. and sellers. They want you to just give them the lead. Right. And I'm not giving a lead until somebody no. knows what they're doing because what we do is too important. Yeah. But he's not the opposite. He's so anxious to be trained and to spend time with people that the rest of the agents are like, I mean, chill, dude, <laughs> which is kind of <laughs> hilarious. So we're managing that. But that's my team. I mean, we're we're small. And okay. I've done the giant volume. Yes. And we pulled that back. Because first of all, I'm not there as much as I would like to be. So right. I need to be able to know what's going on. But all of us are making the income we want to make. That's all that matters. We don't need to be number one. We need yeah. to be a hundred million, and that's a big problem we have in our profession. Yeah. Because yes. how many of our training classes are all about you know get a hundred more listings yes. and this and this? And well, not everybody wants that. We nope. need to teach people how to hit their goals. Right. Yes, agree. And yeah. that's what the our podcast is really about: how to find your way and do your business. And not feel pressured by the industry to do more, 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 or to feel like you've got to go to the, I loved what you said this morning about realtor prom season. (sighs) That spoke to me. Alyssa and I plan to have an episode where we like throw all of our trophies in the trash. Okay, so don't. Did you know (laughs) that most of the trophy shops will take them and recycle them? No way. So there was an association and I wish I could remember where it was, but they told me about it when I was there to speak. Wow. And and it's like the little locally owned trophy shop that makes all the ball ball trophies. Yes, yes. they put out the word to all their members, bring in your plaques and trophies, because think about it, when people change brands, which realtors you change all the time, that's true. they especially don't want yeah. those. Yeah. And so they must have recycled several hundred. That's and amazing. I was like, dang. And Smart. We typically just toss that stuff out. So that could be a great event to do, actually. Right. I would like, what I would like to see happen is the award ceremony season turn into who got the best review or testimonial. And that's the winner. Like who, who was best perceived by, like who gave their clients the best experience? Well, actually we have to flip that <laughs> because it's too hard to get consumers to fill out reviews uh-huh. because they have a scarcity of time just like we do. So what if we turned it into a, just a nomination season where you put it out to the public through the news channels and the papers Oh, if you yeah. loved your realtor, turn them in okay. for great stuff so that they're not feeling like they're being, they're, the realtor's not putting the pressure on. It's coming from externally. Maybe we could reach shape it, but 
I mean, I get it. It's so hard in this business because we are yeah. all alone. Yes. And even if you're running a little team, you're a tiny, little, tiny micro business. We do have to celebrate our successes. Yes. I just get very concerned because we are forever celebrating only the monetary success. Right. And there are realtors out there that are, I mean, look at what the what the National Association does. I don't know if you've ever watched the Good Neighbor Awards Ceremony. Okay. But you talk about emotional oh, train wreck. Really? And so you already had this with Carl Carter. We love Carl oh Carter so much and what he's doing with Beverly's Foundation. So and good. There's actually some work happening at the National Association. And Carl is the chair of the Presidential mm -hmm. Advisory Group working on safety. So love it. he's the one driving the train, which is so stinking perfect. But anyway, the Good Neighbor Awards, every year, the National Association of Realtors gives out five awards to realtors okay. that are doing like big things. So we do things in our communities, but you look at the Good Neighbor people and they're like changing whole villages in Africa, bringing wow. water. And you're like, I'm a slacker. I'm a total slacker. Right. And so they give those out. And it's every year at the National Conference, okay. they tell each of the stories and then they win some money for their group. Oh, that's cool. And then there's also the, the second tier of that, which is very underutilized and very not known at all and it's called volunteer works and basically it's like farm league for good neighbor program okay. and so we take people who started an idea and it needs to be mentored and oh. guided into becoming a bigger project okay. wow so we're spending money on that as an association which makes my heart so glad yeah and that's what the realtors are actually working on how do they get that message out more how do we get our members to say oh look this woman one of our winners this year she's put together a program for TBI, which is traumatic brain injury. Okay. So she's doing all of this work in her community to help people move out of that space. And she's providing help to their caregivers. It's just a, wow. oh, it's so good. And so I, I look at that. Yes. And that's what realtors should be talking about because that's really, I think that's where most realtors hearts are in their yes. communities. They just don't know how to tell the story. Right. Because they're just used to seeing it told a certain way. And Let so me show just, my award. Yeah. Yeah, filter no. into what's already being done. It's very interesting. Okay. On your team, I want to ask you this. Do your agents list or are you old school rainmaker? All the listings are Lee Brown and then they are buyer's agents. So on my team, they have specialties, but they can okay. do anything they want right. because you're always going to have the client who loves you the most yes. and they want you to handle yeah. their listing and their buy side. Yeah. And we've worked through all these different ways to set it up. Ultimately, it has to be at the decision of the person who's hiring you. Right. So one of my agents is the listing partner, but she does some buyers. Okay. And then I have the buyer partner and she does a couple of listings, okay. but they're kind of hilarious because while they enjoy going off topic a right. little bit, they're like, no, 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 no. Nope, 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 nope. That's the reason I like buyers. Nope, that's the reason I like right. sellers. And they land back in their space because we know that in real estate over your life cycle as an agent, you find out which one you're better suited for because it's really, you're working with two different sides of your personality because on yes. listings and sellers, you have to be able to handle confrontation and deliver direct information that may hurt somebody's feelings Right. to get them their desired outcome. Yeah. And with buyers, you have to be mushy and gushy and huggy and lovey because they're all about the, does this house feel right? right. And sellers don't <laughs> care about if it feels right. right. They care about the numbers and the uh -huh. showings. And so the agents who tend to have that personality, that influencer eye personality, gravitate toward buyers. Yeah. And then the direct driver type personality gravitates towards sellers. Yeah. 
but everybody has all personality types in them. And yes. so we do chameleon a lot. I like that. But um, you let them go where it needs to go. Pretty much. I mean, I like where it. we have a better impact is if, if you are sending someone to me who's moving to Charlotte. Well, when I talk to you and we'll find out more about the buyer or the seller, and I'm going to try and match them with an agent that fits their personality because... Right. More so than the fact that my girls work, well, I have to say my, my people now because we have Dan now and he's our new boy. We had all girls. So we have listings and we have buyers. If somebody comes in and they are an engineer, mm-hmm. accountant, C personality, well, they belong with Virginia, my listing partner, because that's her primary. She's yeah. a C. Oh. She's so good with systems and processes, yeah. which makes her an excellent listing agent. Right. Because listings are all about the Details. system and the process. Yeah. Process. And then if they come in and they need to have their hand held and they need to have you help them pick up the kids after school so the kids can look at the house and right. see if the kids like their room, well, they need Wanda because she will hug them and love them and nurture right. them all to pieces. And so the personality match is actually more important than the transactional that's good, piece. That's a good way to do it, though. That makes more sense. Makes everybody happier. Teams happy are, agents, happy buyers, happy yeah. sellers, right. happy business. Uh, Alyssa and I have talked about teams a little bit on the show because both of us are solo agents and um, she does like... Upwards of 90 transactions a year. By herself. It's yes. crazy. Now she has a, not a buyer's agent. She has an agent who will do assistant type tasks for her by the hour. But she pretty much just hustles. And she is gone, like I said. And so I'm doing this by myself. But one of the agents in her office was in the YPN meeting with you earlier and texted her and said, the best thing I've heard so far today was when Lee said, do not let real estate be the center of your life. Mm-hmm. So tell me a little bit about what that means to you, because I know you have political advocacy and you run for office and you obviously have your family life. But what does it mean to not let real estate be the center of your life? Okay, so there's there's kind of two angles on this. I'll start with the angle I was discussing with the young professional group. We see this with our lifelong volunteers in real estate space. And what our buyers and sellers in our communities have zero understanding of is the amount of advocacy work that realtors do to protect their property rights and stop silly taxes and sign laws and idiotic things. And it takes realtor volunteers to make that happen because the realtors on the ground tell the staff what to go do. Mm-hmm. And there's a big misconception in the public that lobbyists are out there just sleazy taking money. Well, no. Lobbyists are carrying your message to elected officials. And so realtor lobbyists are carrying the message of individual realtors to lawmakers and realtors get it from their public. Right. So that's really critical work. However, once you start volunteering in the association, whether it's for educational events or it's for making members have better networking opportunities or it's for advocacy work, it's a lot of different moving pieces. We see people turn into career volunteers. Right. And they start doing all of the work because this becomes their social outlet. Suddenly, then they're 80 years old. They've developed no hobbies, and they're divorced for the third time, and Mm -hmm. they're estranged from their kids, and they have nothing except real estate life. And once you are older and you have nothing else, it becomes really hard for you to let go so that somebody else can take your space. Because in a healthy and thriving volunteer organization... You take turns. Right. And your job as a volunteer is to come in and bring your energy and your ideas, see some things to fruition, and most importantly, replace yourself with somebody right. else so that you can 
watch everything morph into the better version of itself. Because none of us comes up with the best idea out right. of the gate. It's us working right. together. And so I worry about that. I see it on the local realtor level when you see presidents that recycle over and over. You see it on the state level where we have people who are jockeying for position and refuse to step down, which is partly why the National Association of Realtors has a board of directors. It's over 900 people. Oh, wow. Which is not an effective board. And they're currently working through some ideas to update the governance. But part of the issue is you have lifelong volunteers who have earned their spot on the board. They won't let it go. And that they they have nothing. If you took this away from them, they have nothing. And that concerns me. And you see it as well on the production side. What happens is you say, it's just one more showing. It's just one more listing appointment. Suddenly you've gone from a manageable week and with a realtor, a manageable week is 60 to 80 hours. We work far more hours than most professions. Mm -hmm. And our problem is we brag about it. We brag about being available 24 Mm -hmm. seven. We brag about working 14 hour days and act like it's something exciting, which means the public demands even more of you. Right. If I don't answer it now, I'm going to have to deal with it in the morning. I'll just deal with it at 11 o'clock. I'll just be done. Right. And she thinks she's done. But what happened is her brain didn't turn off. And so she's not resting properly. Right. When you don't rest, you can't be creative. And part of the fun part of our job Mm -hmm. is the marketing creativity that we get to do for our clients, that we get to figure out how to position their houses and we get to show houses to mm-hmm. buyers and help them see the potential. And if you're exhausted, the best part of you is not wide awake for your community. Mm-hmm. Right. And so she'll work, 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 work. And then she'll decide, I have to take a day off. Well, on her day off, because of these nasty little things that uh, that Netflix show, the Black Mirror. Have you watched Black no, Mirror? Don't, it, no, don't. Don't mess with your head. <laughs> this is the Black Mirror. Oh. So what happens is it's a day off and we just, I'll just do some emails and you start working. Right. And then you're like, I'll just answer these texts and I'll just work. And then I'm going to make one quick phone call and let me check my Facebook messages and my IG messages and my Twitter messages. And all of a sudden your day is gone mm-hmm. and you did not rest. Realtors have forgotten how to rest because they're addicted to real estate. And we do our clients a disservice. And that's what kills me the most is that your most driven realtors are making great money and they are, they have some happy clients. Right. And then they're going to lose a listing. I'd be like, oh, why didn't they pick me? Maybe they didn't pick you because you weren't on your A game because you were exhausted. Right. Why didn't that buyer buy that house? I told them to buy it. Well, sometimes we don't position things correctly. Right. When we're exhausted. Yeah. And we let our friends go. And mm-hmm. I see this with realtors all the time. They're supposed to go to GNO, Girls Night Out, for people who don't know what GNO <laughs> is. And they don't go because they had one more listing, one more buyer. I'll just mm-hmm. go see, I'll do it next month. Next yep. month never comes. Right. And as a profession, we have a higher than average divorce rate oh, because really? we put our spouses oh. on hold. I could see it. Look, date y'all. night. Let's look at Jay over here on Jay the side. Jay is literally in the corner on his earphones totally ignoring us because he he's wearing earphones because he's, he's not listening doing, to us no i thought he was listening for sound was, purposes no i told him it's gonna make me nervous but this he, is so cute he's, he's not looking at us at all no, y'all can't even see on the video he's working y'all can't see us jay on the video. is not even making eye contact with us <laughs> he's in the room we could say he's his name it. 14 more times you're so <laughs> safe right so now good did you I'm shave just, your legs today are you hooking him up tonight <laughs> we'll find because out. you know this is the thing we'll even shave our legs Right. Which is a signal to any husband in the history That's of humanity so that we're going to hook them up. Yeah. And then you're like, you know what? I know we have date night. 
but I just got to finish this one client. I got to do this one phone call. Well, that's why I'm glad he has his earphones on right now. Because he, he would sell me out right now. He'd be like, mm-hmm. this man literally brought, bought me this computer, I don't remember, four years ago because I kept going to do one last thing at 9 p.m. and my old computer was taking too long to boot up and he was trying to speed that along. I got you a new computer, girl. So now you work twice as much because you can work faster. I have actually gotten better at boundaries. And that is my next question for you. And I'm glad we're here. So clearly you have client boundaries. How do you put them in place and communicate them to your clients? So first of all, you will never, ever, 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 ever in a million, zillion, bazillion years. And you can look back at all of my timelines and I'm a bleeding edge person. I've been on all the networks since they were allowed us to. Never have I said I'm available 24-7. Right. Realtors who say I'm available 24-7 have opened Pandora's box because you told the public that you belong to them, not that they belong to you. Right. And you have to understand whether you're in real estate or mortgage or insurance or any field, Mm -hmm. you're the one who has ultimate responsibility for your schedule. Yeah. So the first thing you have to do is mentally give yourself permission to set Boundaries. Right. And for me, those boundaries are I don't work on Sundays. Okay. That's for me is worship and family. And I haven't worked a Sunday in years wow. unless I decide that I want to go show one house, mm-hmm. which very rarely happens because yeah. I need to guard that day. That's when I do meal prep for the week. Yeah. That's when I make sure that the permission slips are signed and mm-hmm. the house is reasonably straightened up and the kids have pitched in. So I have Sundays for all, that's all afternoon. Plus mom's got to have her nap. I, I like a, a Sunday nap afternoon nap. Sister, yeah. rest, naps are magical. Naps. Oh, the best. But if I don't guard Sunday, what happened? Now you see this with your realtor friends and you've done it too. Two o'clock comes, you have to show that one house. And you're like, oh God. I don't want to go show this house. Don't make me, I don't want to do it. They're all on the couch, comfortable watching football. I want right. to watch football too. And then you try to go show it, but because it's happening when you didn't want to do it, but you decided you had to do it. Uh-huh. Now you're walking out of the house with a have to instead of a want yes. to. So I started safeguarding my Sundays when I had my daughter and that was four years into real estate. And up until that point, I pretty much worked 24-7, just like every other realtor. Right, right, right. Because right. I was single and I didn't have You had kids. the time. I didn't have a, a reason not to. Yeah. Well, once I met my husband, and frankly, Sundays before I met my husband, I would go to church and I'd immediately go to the ball field and I would just play softball all day because mm-hmm. I played in the co-ed league. Right. And as we all know, if you're a girl in the co-ed league, you pay for one team, but you could play on all of them because they're always needing to pick up they a girl. Need you. They, they desperately need, need girls who can play. Oh, wow. And that's actually where I met my husband. And so after I met him, we kept playing ball for a while. Then after we got married and then got pregnant, my days of playing ball were now over. Right. And I had to make a decision then what's my real estate business going to look like? Mm-hmm. Because as the child of a realtor, Right. I knew what this looked like. Yeah. And my dad, we went to open houses and we helped with flyers right. and everything else. And it was never a burden. But I do know that my dad was never at my track meets because right. they were in the middle of the afternoon. And he was showing houses mm-hmm. because he was trying to provide for his family. So I know the logical side yeah. of my realtor brain gets it. But the emotional side was, man, I wanted my daddy. Right. And I said, I'm not doing that to my kids. Right. Well, the crazy part is once I carved out Sundays, I was then able to carve out Saturdays. Mm-hmm. And so if I worked on Saturdays, it was in a pretty short window. Right. But I didn't want to give up all of my Saturdays. Yeah. Well, then I said, you know what? As I'm carving, my business is increasing. Because when you make yourself scarce, scarce 
people understand that you are desirable right. enough to wait for. Yeah, for sure. So I don't do listing appointments at night. Right. I, and right now, if you call my office and you want to list your house with me, Lee's listing appointments are from 7.30 to 2.30, Monday through Thursday. Oh, I like it. Why 7.30? Because I'm a morning person. Okay. And if the potential client is also a morning person. Then it's fine. How often do we as realtors even get that as an option? No. We don't. We no. tend to go for evenings because we make the assumption that that's where the right, client right. is. But I am worthless right. at 7 o'clock at night because I get up at 4. in the morning. Correct. Yeah. I'm great in the morning. Sure. But at night, I'm done. Yes. And why 2.30? Well, I did. I started that because my kids were getting out of school at right. 3 o'clock. And I really wanted to at least be a partial Pinterest mom. I'm not cut out to be a stay-at-home <laughs> do, mom. Couldn't do the whole thing. I, can, I mean, I'm, I'm more Pinterest fail. Right. But I wanted to be there after school and Go back to Sunday. So carving out time. After you carved out Sunday, you were able to carve out Saturday. And my business starts to increase as I start to lay out the boundaries of when I'm available. Well, it sort of sets you up as a professional. But it absolutely does. Not even sort of. It does. It it did. Because here's the thing. When you want to go to the dentist, do you even remotely expect them to be available outside of their hours? You just know that they have hours. Dentists aren't even there on Friday. Half day, Wednesday. No, they've got it really set up nicely. Sweet hours. And my hygienist works two days a week, but she's working like 12 hour days. I'm like, I could still dig that because That's we work fun. those every day. Yeah, right, exactly. But in real estate, there's a fear amongst realtors that if I don't do it, somebody else will get it. Now that's yes. totally a possibility, but right. you have to rewire your brain to have the attitude of abundance instead of scarcity. Yeah. Because when you are worried about losing it, you probably will. Yeah. And I tell agents that's when you have commission breath and the other person can smell it. Oh. And that's when they start standing back from you because they can tell you need the sale you more need than it. they need Yes. The good counsel and advice. Right. So I carved out Sundays and then I started carving out Saturdays. I mean, I've shown one weekend and probably this year and I showed it Saturday and it was a girlfriend I've known since elementary it was school. Fun. Well, I wanted to see her because right. I wanted to get caught up and yeah. we chatted for a while about some gossip and I sold them their house seven years ago. Right. And so we were talking about you know, we'll have to get together about selling it. But in our market right now, you're better off buying before you sell because it's easier to sell than it is to find something to buy, especially based on the neighborhood they're in. But of course, real estate's local. And so is in each, in each market, you have specific differences in price points and in zip Mm -hmm. codes. And it's part of why you need a realtor because websites can't tell you the intricate details about planning. Right. So, you know, you, you get to make that choice. Mm -hmm. And then, as I was mentioning, my, when my kids were in elementary school, and actually this started when they were in preschool, I went to pick them up in the afternoons. Right. And so when I pick them up, my phone goes in airplane mode. And my kids know this. They've been watching me for years go to airplane mode. That's awesome. So if I, if I have the kids and I pick up my phone, they're like airplane mode. You're right. So you can train your kids to guard you, right? but they need our undivided attention. And mm-hmm. too many of us are giving them the leftover pieces of us yes. when our most important job as a parent is to, as I say, I'm trying not to raise a flock of assholes. Right. So I, I don't believe my children are assholes. I'm super proud so far, but I have to give them the boundaries that they need. Right. I have to give them the counsel and the advice while they're under my roof. Yes. And realtors will give that piece of themselves to this buyer and to that seller at the expense of their kids and at the expense of their spouse. Mm -hmm. And back to this whole real estate can't be the center of your life. I mean, how many realtors schedule date night with their spouse and then you go to to the bathroom to work a deal on your phone? Yeah. 
And 45 minutes later, you emerge and you're thinking, oh. nobody noticed while I was gone. And the person you love is sitting there pissed. Right. Because you couldn't even give them supper. Yeah. What are we doing? Right. And all of that is for what? Five, $6,000? Right. And you you then think about what's it going to cost you to divide by two when you lose that spouse? Right. <laughs> I can divide by two. Right. I know what the cost will be if I don't take care of my husband. Yeah. Plus, I pretty much told God I was going to do it. And so here I am. Right. So oh realtors gosh. who are not married need to have a hobby. They need to have friends who are unrelated to this business. Right. And I think that's probably where I got to them in that little meeting earlier mm-hmm. is I know that they're making friends with each other because that's what you do in young yes. professionals network. And it's part of the reason you yes. volunteers to build the relationships. Mm-hmm. But you have friends that aren't related to this. Your best friend from high school. Mm-hmm. And every one of us has that one friend who you could talk to today that you hadn't seen her in 40 years and right. you're just like yesterday because yeah. they know your history. Mm-hmm. And even if you're not super close today because something got in between you, that's the one friend you could fix. Right. So as humans, why are we not fixing that one friend instead of trying to sell 10 more houses? Mm-hmm. And I do worry about our people. Yes. So I, I try to drive that message home I because think that's good. you'll sell more houses when you're happy. For sure. The, the public knows when you walk through the door and you're comfortable right. and confident. And they're, they're then comfortable and confident yes. in selecting you. Right. I like that. We're going to talk about your podcast. Crazy Shit in Real Estate. Love it. Yes, I love my podcast. And I was on episode 55. You were like super early because we're around episode, I'm I'm almost at 200 now. I think I'm at 180. You know why? There's so many crazy stories in real estate. And they're all different. But what I love about, and I'm going to ask you that, what I love about the way you do the show though is that you take whatever crazy story it is and explain why a realtor was necessary there and why they were a professional or were not professional. But it, it really comes at it from an angle of, hey, public, these are all the crazy, wacky things that are happening, but they needed that professional there for X, Y, Z. So what's fascinating Let's is that since you were on the show, yes. my audience has moved. So we're a little over three years old now. Okay. And when the show started, the listeners were primarily my realtor people who right. follow me because they've heard me speak or whatever. And now three years in, the listenership is 70% consumers. Yes. It's Crazy. Well, because it's like HGTV for the years. Except it's realistic. Well, HGTV it's, ain't real. It's way better than HGTV. Because HGTV, we know their formula now. Yeah, you turn on yeah. a 30-minute show, the couple's going to meet with the realtor yes. who's going to be completely pointless yes. in the show. Yes. They're going to look at three houses. They're going to, oh, what do we do? And they're going to pick the house number two. Right. Because what they do. Because they bought it six months before. Of course they did. I've done one of the shows. You have? And I had to make my people move out for the... For the video. Oh, no And way. then they moved back in for the end they shots. They had to stage it vacant? Like You have to restage it. That's a commitment. It is. Do they get paid for that? No. Neither wow. does the realtor. People want to be on HGTV real Way bad. too bad. And they're just the cutest couple ever. Oh, sweet. But my little producer was like, they cut all of my good bits. I'm all like, your one-liners? All of them. Dang it. My, and my clients were like, well, that's, but that's how she shows houses. And they're like, <laughs> he's like, you belong on Bravo, not on HGTV. Stop. And I'm like, yes. Yes, that's Bravo right. is my people because I'd made oh a comment about gosh. how I... Stop. But anyway, what we're talking about with that, that, my you podcast. And podcast. so now we have consumers listening. I think it's because they... They've done real estate. Okay. And something probably happened in their transaction. Right. And so often 
the consumer thinks when they go through something with us, they have the wild repair issue. Like they had yes. one house, had a natural spring in the crawl space. Wow. We told the buyer, don't buy it. She wanted the house anyway because she was in love. Six months later, she's like, I probably shouldn't have bought it. We're like, yeah, think. Yeah. This is why we told you not to. But anyway, so she thought she was the only one who'd ever had a wild scenario. So as consumers listen to these episodes, they're like, I'm not alone. Everybody. And there's a huge space in the human psyche that does not want to be alone. Yeah. Oh, for sure. That's so I think that's about. why they're dialing in. They're entertained, oh. but they also feel like, all right. I thought it was wild and crazy. I'm actually pretty normal. Okay, 180-ish in. And do you have a craziest crazy shit in real estate? Like the one that was just like, you couldn't even believe it? Well, every time I get one of these new stories, <laughs> I'm like, because I, uh, I did one with Paula Brand in Mississippi a couple weeks ago where she was talking about a buyer who had presented her with their child's foreskin. I'm sorry. See? I mean, and I'm like, like what? what? Uh, what? Okay. What? I, it was just one of those moments. I'm like, oh man. And Paula's been on twice because she called me. She's like, girl, I got never going to believe this, which is pretty much how most of my episodes come to me. They're like, you are never. You're never and I'm like, well, let's it. get you on the show right. and talk about it. Oh, that's so fun. And, but then I was reminded, I haven't yet done an episode telling my own stories because oh. the whole show has been about showcasing what other people right. do. Because as you know, it is my passion project yes. and I'm trying to make people understand what professional realtors go through. So yes. at some point I'll have to tell my own stories. I but think you should. It'll be like a three hour episode. So we'll have to <laughs> stream that on YouTube. So we'll be, stream it on YouTube. We'll, we'll put have, it in multiple. We'll have your eight subscribers here because we're making progress, I can tell. <laughs> Every minute and that all goes tune by. In. That's right. We're getting, we're 10 getting now. more subscribers. Uh for the podcast people, we do have a YouTube channel. It had all of two subscribers before Lee came it on. Did. Now so we're gonna see it triple, quadruple. We're gonna, we're gonna see what happens. It's gonna be a massive okay multiples. so when we talk to i mean our audience so far has been mostly newer agents or maybe agents just looking for a little direction thank heavens because uh, they need love they and need guidance direction and they need some permission to like figure it out and see there's different ways and not just follow the path of the industry is shouting at them and i think the big feedback we get is that there's so many different mi mixed messages so then they're <laughs> even more confused like well this people tell us to do it this way and these people tell us to do it that way. But we talk a little bit about some tactical stuff. And I started using your buyer and seller intake form <sighs> when I took the class. I mean, I still physically have. I have Girl, taken me too. They live in my everywhere. Many, many classes. And yours is the one that really I implemented the most Aww, stuff. Yay. I, it's very that practical. Makes my heart glad. You're so welcome. <laughs> I just, it was great. And so the buyer and the seller intakes, and, but just having systems in general. Yes. I think that's the problem that a lot of agents have. They don't even have a system. They don't even know that they right. could or should or what it would do for their business. And earlier when you were talking about your intake sheets again in that class, you were basically saying that the consistency in your business comes when you put those things in place. And it's so funny because they're pretty much in every class I ever teach because it's be. the one thing everybody could do. Yeah. Because if you look at your best realtors or even why people became one, it's generally because they really like people yes. and they're good at connecting to people, right. which means that by default, they're probably terrible at organizational practices right. because those are two very different skill sets. Yes. And if you give somebody a tool, it can usually be a launching place for future tools, but you have to start organizing somewhere. But I think our bigger issue with our new realtors, because they are overwhelmed with noise, there's nobody out there telling them how to pick their first broker. Yeah. Oh, true. I had a new agent reach out to me by Facebook probably a month ago. And he's like, I don't know how to pick my first broker. Right. I'm getting pressure from this brand. And it was one of those, um, 
let's just call it a Ponzi scheme brand whose focus is not on selling houses as much as it is on luring other people into the brand. And so he was feeling very icky about it. And I said, first of all, if you feel icky, don't go there right. because your gut intuition absolutely has merit. And so we talked through how he could interview brokers. And so I finally rolled out a video, I guess it's, it's either this week or next week it comes out about how to select your first broker. Oh, I love it. But we also have to tell agents it's okay to change brokerages because they have this massive sense of loyalty to yeah. people who aren't loyal to them. Right. And then they have inertia because they're like, ah, oh, but it's I got this so one work. closing coming up and mm -hmm. it's too much work. And I just, oh, I'll just go to Facebook and figure it out. Well, you're finding that your best agents have a really good relationship. It's symbiotic yes. with their brokers. Mm -hmm. And the broker wants them to grow. It yes. wants to support them. And yes. they want their broker to stay in business. Yes. And then you have the parasitic relationships where the broker is eating commission from the agent and giving nothing in return. That's right. not helpful. Yeah. And then we have agents that are parasitic on brokers. And they're unethical. And they don't work hard. And they want to be given what they haven't earned. So the agent needs to know what their goals are, whether the goal is, I want to be a part-time agent who learns this over a year while my kids are finishing preschool, right. or I'm a full-time agent, single mom who needs to crush it quickly. That's two different brokerage sure. types right there. Yes. So ask better questions, yes. but you need to find out what are you going to get beyond that first two weeks with your broker? Right. When they tell you, here's how the company does this and here's how the company does that, you have to know what next? Right. And what next should include some tangible things that you could get your business going with is how many calls do you make a day? So in my office, my recommendation is to every agent, you make one phone call a day. That's it. Right. And that's out of your contacts in your phone. Yes. That is not random cold leads or door knocking. It's out of the people you already know. Yes. Hey, how you doing? Right. I was thinking about you. If you, let me, if you need anything, let me know. Yeah. Really low key, really simple. None of this old school, hey, who do you know that needs to buy or sell a house? Because too many <laughs> right. real estate training programs are completely icky. Yes. And most of us are not good with canned crap because no. that's right. not who we are in the first place. Exactly. So I get my agents make one phone call a day. And what they find is that usually somebody in their phone likes them and answers the phone. And then they have a good phone call. Mm -hmm. Now that you've had a good phone call, now what can I do? Right. Great. Now go to the dry cleaners or the library or to the elementary school and volunteer and go be in your community and be visible. Mm -hmm. And they feel confident doing it because yes. they talked to somebody and it was positive. Yes. And that person now knows they're in real estate. Well, mm -hmm. you've planted a seed. And if you do one every day, mm -hmm. over the course of a month, you've talked to 20 to 25 people. And then the next month is 20 to 25 more. Yep. And we know by the statistics... 10% of your outbound calls turn into a sales opportunity. Wow. So if you make 20 calls a month, two will eventually turn into something. Yeah. And that's all it is. It's one call a day. Yeah. So I will tell you, that's probably my most successful help for new agents because they get so lost. Mm -hmm. I don't know what to do next. Right. It's one call a day at 8 a.m. Yes. First thing, you can't wait till five because you're too tired and they don't want to talk to you. Right. At 8 a.m., the day has started, but they're busy. They won't keep you forever and right. neither will you. So you start you off. You're like, I can do this. Yes. And you've accomplished something. Now your day can move. And so over the course of a year, you will actually have closings from that right. just from... Aww. The easy part. Yes. And, and this used to be easy, Katie, when we I didn't know. mind talking to people, but the devices right. have separated us from people because we rely on text and Facebook message instead of face-to-face. -face. I like to call. I People start texting me and I pick up the phone and I call. I'm like, sometimes I just lie and say I'm in the car, but I'm Correct. not. Correct. It solves it faster too. I just want to talk to them. 
can we just get this out? Because you can't understand the intention in a text. Half of it's misspelled. I don't know what you're talking. Like, it's just Well, you know why? It's because we read a text in the space that we're in. Right. And they sent a text in the space that they're in. And you can't hear it because you don't have the inflection. You don't have the body language. And we make all these assumptions. Yes. I mean, how many fights do realtors get in with each other over transactions? Right. Because of a a Mm -hmm. poorly worded text or a rushed answer. Mm -hmm. And 30 seconds on the phone would have solved it. I know. So true. Mm. Okay. So I think we've talked about your message for new agents. And I think... You know, I love that you're so into video and I love your videos. I think they're all amazing and hilarious. This is sort of my last-ish question. What is, because we've been talking for a while. And we I have rambled about day. a lot. I know, right? It's, it's so much fun. It's fine. I want to let you go back on. I know you have stuff to do today. How has video impacted your business? Video has made me a human. Right. So before video was a, a big thing which is not that long ago. It's kind of wild to look at the trajectory. So from 2000 to 2000, I guess nine was my first viral video. I think it was nine when I got angry at Bank of America. And I made this little black and white video that winds up on CNBC and on all these websites. And it was early viral. And they called it the best bank rant ever. Well, I couldn't get the bank to return my phone call. And so it was my last resort was making the video. And then... People shared it out because wow. people hate banks right. then and now. And prior to that, I was top producer in my market. Now, Charlotte's right. a big market, and so I am killing it. But people don't like it when you're killing it. Right. They assume things. You know, they call me, and you know, you're a bitch, and mm-hmm. you're aggressive, and you sell, and blah, blah. It's because I'm a, I'm a driver person. Yes. You ask me a question, boom, I answer, boom, boom, right, boom. Right. I just crush out my day. Well, when I made that little video, it was all of my fiery soapboxy self pushed out on the internet and I found out the power of video and suddenly my competitors were much nicer to me. Oh. And as I used more and more video, they started to understand my personality because you can't hear somebody's voice in a text or an email. Mm -hmm. Even back then you couldn't. And even on the telephone, because I'm a driver, it winds up being boom, boom. Video, you can see somebody's energy because you can see their eyes and hear their voice and you can see the contextual surroundings. So I started doing more and more video, which means my competitors understood who I was more because I would show my kids and my husband and my life. Mm-hmm. Well, now I'm a multifaceted Lee Brown who also sells houses instead of just a machine. So it's been impactful in a way I did not anticipate. Right. The reality is from a business perspective, video has been enormous. And what's hilarious now that I've been doing it for almost 10 years right. When a person calls me to sell their house, they've watched everything I've put out there. Wow. So they know what to expect. Mm-hmm. They know that I'm going to be honest and I'm probably going to be funny. And they know that I'm not going to lie to them. And they know that my bills are paid whether they sell or not. And they know I'm not going to budge on my commission because I'm absolutely worth it. And so all of the messages I would normally have to deliver are done for me mm-hmm. with years yes. of video. They also know how I feel about the public schools. They know how I feel about faith-related issues. Mm-hmm. They know how I feel about the Second Amendment. They know how I feel about politics because mm-hmm. it's all out there. Right. So it could be that there are people that don't call me because I don't G and haul with them. Right. And that's okay. Right. Because that means that they're finding somebody who matches them better. Yes. And when you have an attitude of abundance, you realize that it's okay yeah. because not everybody's going to like everybody else. That's one of the big problems we have in society 
society today is right. we've been told you have to make everybody happy all the time when in yep. reality there's a whole subset of people determined to be unhappy all the time. Well, right. let them be over there. I'm over here with my happy, honest, and direct people. Yep. And it works out really well. But the thing with video is like it's your third video when you stop being scared. You always hold your camera up so that your chins go back right. and you look better. And then if there's bats in the cave, it won't bother anybody. Most of mine are selfie style. There's they a few are, pros, yeah. but consumers like selfie because of the authenticity of yes. it. Yes. And I, I really don't know why more people don't embrace it. It's such an inexpensive tool because you already have it. It's just a little bit scary to put yourself out there. But right. in reality, it's what we do as realtors. We're putting ourselves yep. out there on the line, our name in somebody's yard, to help them achieve their goals, right. knowing that we might fail. And our name is the one that's at risk yes. in front of their house. They are never yes. at risk. It's us. Yep. Well, you're already out there. So use video as an mm -hmm. additional marketing tool for your seller clients. Yes. Use it to help your buyers enjoy things. Right. You use it to share information. My latest gig over the last few months, I'm spotlighting local businesses, right. which has been ridiculously fun. And it's also how I found out that the downtown I'm in, which is Concord, I'm interviewing the local business owners and I'm promoting them most of whom have no marketing budget and they don't have any followers because they're tiny micro businesses too. Right. Well, over half of the businesses in downtown Concord are women owned. Oh, no way. And it was like, the heck? You Nobody had know. added that up. And even the downtown development corporation had never what? added it up because if you're not looking for the data, sometimes it doesn't appear. Well, my, my girlfriend who helps me with my videos, Pia, and we were out, and Pia's in all my videos. It's kind of hilarious, like our Wells Waldo. <laughs> Pia and I were like, another woman-owned business. Wow. Snap. And so we're trying to figure out, what do we do with that message? How, we've got an accidental incubator here. How do we encourage and promote and support, which is bigger than real estate, sure. but which feeds real estate? And so I guess video has that twofold opportunity uh -huh. to make your impact bigger while it's also far more marketed, market niche driven. Love it. That's so awesome. Okay. At the end of every episode, I didn't tell you this. We toast somebody. Oh, I thought we were going to do like a, we're going to do like a hand clap. No, no, no hand clapping. You get to toast another agent or someone who has had a success story that you're proud of, that you're impressed with. We like let the guests pick who they want to toast. And if you need a minute, I'll do a little editing for you. Oh, I know who I would toast right <gasps> here do? in Baton Rouge. Oh, yeah. I okay. see, girl, I toast people every day. Love I send it. all these handwritten notes. Love and, it. Okay, tell us who uh, you want to toast. So I will toast one of your local Baton Rouge realtors, Yay. Pat Wadham. Oh, love Pat. I love Pat so much. And she's been a realtor forever. Yes. And she's, of course, been Realtor of the Year. And she's volunteered. And she's one of the most sharing, giving humans I've ever known. And Pat is not just a realtor. She's an artist. And oh, I have yes. watched her art from the first time she started talking about being an artist when she was deciding to dial into it to where she is today because she's taking lessons and she's displaying in galleries. It's and amazing. It's really good. Yeah. It's like... It's really good. I hate to say this because it sounds mean, like it's artist good. Yeah. And, you know, in realtor world, we're something like, that's realtor good. No, it's not realtor good. It's artist good. Yeah. And she's like getting paid for that. Wow. And she does all of that. And she does a lot of real estate business today. Yes. And she's caring for her aging mom who, is, and it's a challenge to deal with mm -hmm. aging parents. And nobody really warns you about how hard that is. Right. So I'm looking at all the things that she does, and she always has a smile on her face. Mm -hmm. And she is forever looking to other people to see how she can support them. She's always staying active in her musical life because she plays yes. as well. I mean, 
I just, I just love her. And yeah. if I see her, she never fails to ask me how I'm doing and give me a hug. And I've learned from her all these years. I mean, she'll tell you how to be successful at real estate. So I will always, every time I'm in Louisiana, oh, and good. we're going to toast, toast, toast her. Pat Wadham. Cheers, Cheers Pat. Pat. We're so happy to have we you in you. our market. Yay. I know. And her partner, Linda Gasper, too. Oh, we love yeah. Linda, too. I just know Pat better, Linda, so don't take it personally. But yeah. you're cute as a button. <laughs> and we matched today. And then Debbie, who's worked with mm -hmm. Pat for years. Forever. I just love Debbie. And Debbie's, yes. of course, a survivor. So high five for kicking yes. cancer's ass. Love it. So let's just toast Debbie and Linda and Pat. Love it. And probably all the other people that I just love here. But, you know, I will tell you this. If you're a newer realtor listening to this, you're going to feel alone in real estate at some point. And the way to overcome that is not to go on Facebook and brag about your real estate business. You need to volunteer and show up at the association for events and classes and get to know some other realtors. And especially find an older mentor because they're the most honest you'll find and often they will tell you that it's okay to have a bad day and it's also okay to celebrate your successes. Yes. But there are people out there like Pat in every single market and they're filled up when they see other people succeed. Yes. And I think it's one of the beauties of real estate. And it's why I'm so glad for what you're doing on your podcast, Yay. because you're reaching a market that may or may not feel heard or valued. And we know that with the average age of realtors being 56, we have to have new realtors come yes. in because there's organically going to be retirement and death. So, so bring it on and yep. go follow people like Katie who will make you successful Yay. because it was given to her and she's given it back. That's right. Oh, thank you, Lee. That was awesome. That's true. Okay. We did it. And the computer lived. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Hustle Humbly Podcast. Be sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Hustle Humbly Podcast. If you have an episode topic or question, please email us at hustlehumblypodcast at gmail.com. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast and leave a review. See y'all next week.